On today's show, we have Tyler Jones, friend of the podcast, coming back to join us for a preseason conversation. This is part one of two, and it's coming to you right now. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1569 of the Lock on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And I am joined on today's podcast by good friend Tyler Jones for part one of a two-part conversation. Always fun to talk to Tyler about the Hawks in any context. And he's been probably the most demanded guest by the listeners in the last couple of weeks and months. So he's back on the show today. A few plugs, though, at the top of the podcast. I want to encourage you to make us your first listen each and every day. And please check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple, Spotify, YouTube on the video side, etc. We also have two shows already this week, a mailbag and news podcast on Tuesday into Wednesday, and also a game recap on Monday evening, as well as another one over the weekend. So three shows in the last four days, basically. And as a reminder, the Hawks open the season less than a week from now in Charlotte on Wednesday, a true road opener, and then the home opener is next Friday against the Knicks. Should be a lot of fun. I'll be in the building for both those games and playing to talk to and talk about, I should say. Anyway, with all that all that out of the way, we are coming up now with part one of two with Tyler Jones. Again, part two should be available in your, in your same feed right now, but here it is, part one with myself and Tyler. I am joined once again by a great friend of the podcast, and I said this before, I'll say it again, by far the most requested guest of listeners and viewers to this podcast. Tyler Jones is back. Tyler, how are you on this fine Wednesday in October? It's October. <laughs> it is October. Is it where are the Braves at then? Uh they don't play anymore this year. All right. I, I need to let people inside just <laughs> sorry, Brad. I got I gotta let people I've gotta let the fans of yours know this about me, some stranger. This is a great. This is a great. This is a great piece of content to open the Hawks podcast. It's great. We love it. Uh, the Braves were like my first Atlanta sports team, and were like one of my were probably my most like before Vic became a Falcon or before Vic was drafted. The Braves were my team. So what happened in the twenty twenty three playoffs is old hat. Like sure. I've seen this, I've literally seen this for twenty plus, almost thirty years now of the Braves doing this to me. So this ain't nothing new. This ain't nothing new. And uh, you know, hopefully they'll you know spend money um, in the off season instead of just you know resigning their players, which is nice. But you know, they can always acquire talent. You know, there's certain Japanese two way player. Be nice. Just, just saying. But we good, we, we, good at we can move forward. It's okay. You and I are, are aligned on that, I think. And, and, uh, and I actually, this is not to do any more on the Braves. I got, I got a couple, I actually got multiple questions from people that are like asking why I, I sounded much more like exasperated on my Braves podcast. And I, I wanted to say, well, because I'm still, I'm a Braves fan. Like, and I admit that, like I do try to cover the team pretty objectively. I've been in the press box. Like I do put my media hat some, some time on with the Braves, but I'm not there every day. Like I have with the Hawks. Like I, I cover the Hawks professionally. I cover the Braves semi-professionally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I still, I still have a lot of like fan investment, and I got, I got pretty animated during the series. And anyway, that's not really usually what I usually do with the Hawks. But alas, Tyler, ostensibly we should talk about the Hawks at some point. So here we are. You're back. I intentionally wanted to wait till closer to the season. People were like, "Hey, where's Tyler? Where's Tyler? He's coming. I promise he's coming." Um, we've seen 
four of the five preseason games as we record this. There's one more to go. I don't know who's going to play in Philadelphia other than James Harden probably not going to play, it seems. Um, we we will learn 30 minutes before tip. We will learn. That's probably, that's probably true. Um, but as we sort of get into the season, um, I'll ask you, like, you're watching. Uh, what, what have you cared about? What's jumped out to you at preseason? Like, is it Jalen? Like, what, what's the big thing that's kind of jumping off the screen to you so far through four games? Trey Young getting the ball in the corner. Like, yeah, I, I, this is something to say, like, he starts multiple possessions in the short corner and he's not involved in the action until like somebody else is driving the offense, whether it be DeJounte or Jalen really most of the time. And so once, once the ball swings his way, he's in an advantage situation where he's either getting an open corner three or a layup at the rim. Cause he can beat his man off the bounce. But it's like, I think my biggest takeaway, like the overall, regardless of the players, it's really refreshing to watch the Hawks play a um, modern brand of basketball where it's through your big men uh, instead of just your guards doing everything. Like, and it's, and I, to me, this feels like now we're going to get more actualized talent from guys like Okongwu and Jalen in particular, where they get to touch the bat. Like Okongwu gets to touch the basketball, Brad, like this didn't, they didn't do this for three. They've had this man for three years. This multi-talented big man who could do everything. And all they've asked him to do is be a jump man. So I personally appreciate that. Okay, we're, we're going to see. We're going to explore the space. What Okongwu can do with the ball in his hand. And we're getting to see, you know, early what Jalen can do with the ball in his hand. And, like, I mean, Jalen looks incredible. Um, like, it. I mean, I, to me, like his passing, he's just a con- he's the connector that the Hawks have not had since the Al Horford years, if that makes sense. Like, especially from like a Al Horford, Paul Mills. But again, that was that was the offense was like those guys would always right, that was the whole that. offense. Yeah, but like Jalen's Jalen's like a I Jalen's a different type of passer than those who like he's a true like the, where those guys are like they'll make the right play. Jalen is creating plays out of nothing. Like, well, he's, he's, you know who he's, he's I mean, got. You've done this before. This, this is your comp in some ways. You know, you know who his passing reminds me of on the Hawks. It's it's Josh Smith. That's 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 who it looks like. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Modern I mean, Josh it, Smith. Honestly. It's it's more it's more it's more responsible than Josh was at times. Josh Smith but, was more responsible than I gave him credit for. It, it as was a passer, really just a jump a shots. It it yeah. really wasn't jump shots with him. No, and like, not not to, not, not to game. derail you too much, but I, I popped it in my head when you said that. But no, I mean it's it's fair and. We can talk about Jalen for an hour. We're not going to do that. But, no. like, no, he no. is – it's something I probably haven't talked about enough. Like, he's such a different entity than they've had. the last, Even that you yeah. know, even two, two or three years ago when they made the run, of course, it was a lot of Gallo. And Gallo was really good that year. But Gallo, obviously, is a far cry from Jalen in a lot of different ways. And then you, Gallo, and then you, got, and then you got John. And then you got the, DeAndre Hunter, who's not that. Cam Reddish is not that. Like, they haven't had anybody at, the, at, either, at either forward spot that was a – anything remotely approaching the passer that Jalen already is in year two and a half, basically. I mean, not the Hawks haven't had this type of player since Josh Smith period. And like it, it has been like, it has been appreciated by me because Josh Smith did a lot of good things for the Hawks. He was a very good basketball player for a very long time. Just had this one flaw, just this one flaw with him. No. And again, not to go down the rabbit hole too much, but Josh Smith for all of the flaw. And we know what the flaw was. If you're a long time Hawks fan, 
He was very good, man. I think people have forgotten oh. that Josh Smith was still very good, like very good. Um, in spite of himself. In spite, in spite of, of himself, himself he still should have made the all-star uh, teams. He still should have been like – And the defense was really, really good when he, when he wanted it to mm-hmm. be. And uh, all that said, like, you know, Jalen – it's funny because the middle two games, Jalen was much better on offense. The first game, eh, it's kind of clunky. Last game, he wasn't great. But, like, the flashes are the flashes, and they're making the rounds on Twitter. Like, even nationally, people are like, hey, you seen Jalen Johnson? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's he's got but, the flashes. But to me, but but to me, the where he really flashes is when he's playing next to Trey Young, because you yeah. really get to see the damage Trey Young can do off the ball, like that. And it's not it's not the off ball Trey, you know, Steph Curry movement, anything like that. Trey's a different no. player. It's more of Jalen creates an advantage with his drives to the rim. Trey gets the ball with a head of steam against an opponent who's leaning the other way. It's over. If Trey got a step on you, it's it's you're done. And and another thing that I've that I've noticed is that especially in the Pelicans game because they they tried to put bigger um, defenders on Trey. Oh yeah, the whole game. Just put Trey off. The Hawks put Trey off ball and have him running around like have him running around and have him running with like big guys setting hard screens on bigger defenders. Like and now I'm yeah. like, this is a different. This is a this is just a different element. It's easier. It's easy to guard Trey with the, not easy. It's nothing's easy with Trey, but like, right. You, you, you can load up against Trey young. If Trey has the ball in his hands all the time is doing whatever you can put a bigger defender on him. Cause you know, he's not going to do anything off ball, but if Trey's off ball, like it's just harder, especially for bigger players to stay with him. Like Trey turns into a wide receiver and you got to play defensive back. There's like a athletic advantage that Trey has that he hasn't been able to utilize that within Quinn's offense because it's not just it's not just Jalen who's doing but to me Jalen's the one who gets gets in the pass like who hits the pinpoint pass where the other guys it's like they get on the ball but the advantage might be lost Jalen his ability to keep the advantage with it, the timing of his passes and the speed of which he passes with that's what's really separating him to me I'm like because I I mean I kind of you know I've been promoting the Jalen Okonwu agenda I, I'm, you know I got I got to keep that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. But, but I, to me, I feel like Jalen's kind of made himself it like indispensable. Like he's been like to me, like he's somebody who, instead of like getting minutes, just because we don't have anybody else who can really play the fourth the way he can defensively, I feel like Jalen's kind of pushing himself towards. I got to play thirty minutes a night. You're gonna have to figure something else out, Quinn. Like he's like to me, he's forcing himself to be on the floor in ways that I, that the Hawks really need from that position. And I mean, we talked with a bit more Sadiq base playing well, well, and Deandre is one game. He played, you know, he was all right. All right. I'll take it. Today's show is brought to you by bird dogs. Bird dogs is fantastic. Being comfort, fit and versatility at the table with all of their products. I feel great and comfortable in my own skin when wearing bird dogs gear. And they have these bird dogs, stretch khaki shorts that I love. They're designed to fit slipper through, through the thigh and the leg to give the sculpted look that you're always seeking. They fit much better than regular shorts that actually have that, you know, that stiff restricting cotton that everybody hates. They don't have that at bird dogs. They fix that issue with their own cloud knit fabric. that looks just like khaki, but also happens to stretch, giving the slimmer fit 
without having to sacrifice any of the movement that you have you have to love. They have anti-sweating fabric as well. Keep you cool and dry all day long. And bird dogs are functional for any occasion, whether it's a date or playing golf, going out, working out, or even just hanging out in the end. The folks at Bird Dogs make awesome products, and you're going to want to check them all out right now. Birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA is the place to go. Enter promo code LockedOnNBA when you get there as well at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash lots on NBA for free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. They can run different stuff with Jalen than they do with it with anybody else. And that, that is, that is clear. I, you know, not, I'm not trying to be cold water guy. I promise. Um, they also, it, they're not, and this is, this is fine. This is not a bad thing. They're still trying to figure out. It seems like if you, when you watch film back sometimes what to do with Jalen on yeah. offense, in the half court. And that's been the big thing. That's been the, and I will say to his immense credit, something I've been noticing him trying to boost is that he's shooting when he's supposed to shoot. When he's open, he is letting it fly, which helps because that means you get guarded. But it's like, how are they going to do this? And um, I'm not interested in doing 30 minutes on the starting power four because I don't really care that much. But I agree. He's going to, he's going to play a lot. He's going to force us on the floor. The defense is what it is. Um, that's a question. I think he and DeAndre together. I'd love to know more. I wrote about that. Um, I know you're not the biggest DeAndre Hunter fan. I'm not probably not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm higher on him than you, but that's like the lowest possible bar to clear. Um, I mean, if DeAndre Hunter would just play like he did against the Pacers in a meaningless preseason he, game. No, but honestly, game, I, I don't want to. I'm serious. It. I'm serious when no, I say I, this. I'm, I know, but I, I don't want to do it because he, he, he played. He played. He played with physicality against the Pacers. Which I something that he's he's not done enough of in his career, and we kind of this is not new to you and I talking about this. And it's one game he looked healthy, which is good. I mean, that was a, that was a real question. Like once it was real that he had the bone bruise. It's like okay, he's had some knee trouble in the past. Like my antenna was up, and he looked pretty good there. Um, but like you know, and and look, who starts is going to get attention. But if you really look at it, they have ninety six minutes to fill at the forward spots. And yeah, you'll probably get a sprinkling of AJ or Bogey at the three. Maybe you get a sprinkling of West Matthews. But like the majority of those 96 minutes are going to go to Hunter Bay and Johnson, the three of them. They can all play 28 minutes a night. Like it's not, it, there's plenty of room there for those guys to play like real minutes. And I know everybody, not everybody, a lot of people want Hunter to play less. I, I understand. He's going to play. We had this argument, you and I, in kind of funny terms. Like he's going to play plenty. It is what it is. But I do think that. They have complementary skill sets. Like none of those, none of those pairings. You know, Hunter Bay, Bay Johnson, Hunter Johnson. They don't all fit perfectly. In fact, none of them fit perfectly. But they do enough different. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm still not convinced about Hunter and Jalen offensively, but we'll see. But and defensively, they could be pretty good with that with that group. You, you put Hunter Jalen in a center on the court. Now you're talking about a real a real defensive front court in a way that they've only had one of. In the last couple of years, and as we've talked about, anytime they played Hunter Collins and Capella, they actually got stops. It was there, yeah. if you took any of those guys out, they couldn't do anything else. So I'm not even sure where to even go with it. I, I know you're high on Jalen. I'm high on Jalen too. I, I I don't know what they're going to do, but they do have options. And like this is coming from people that you and I are, are really high on John. And like they they have more optionality now. They have more passing. They have more ball handling. Like it just kind of fits better if they get what we hope they're going to get from Jalen and Sadiq Bay is like, I'm not trying to undersell him, but like, he's such an easy fit on offense. Like Sadiq he, has really like up the aggression with his drives. Um, that's, and I think ball, that's, start, 
that that kind of started with the Celtics playoff series where he wasn't actually taking that many threes. He was, it was a lot of like they told him to get two feet in the paint and like he's taking that to heart. He's moving people out the way. Like I've been I've been impressed with what all really what Bay's all around again. He's been really good. Like I don't want to I don't want to sell him short. To me, I mean, you're right, Brad. It doesn't matter who starts. I just think I just think um for where the Hawks want to go, which is to win a championship, they got to yeah. find a way to get Jalen to be more assertive as a scorer on all offense. Because that's that's the that's once he does that, then we're talking about a different type of basketball player. We're, no, we're we, we totally agree. Long term, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So, well, I'm, and like to me, love that, but me, it is what it is. the the way to the way to grease that is to play him next to Trey Young because Trey Young's Trey Young and Jalen have are going to be able to create mismatches for each other just based on the attention Trey is going to generate. And so, like, if we can start games like that, start with a strong defensive base, have Jalen, you know, pushing stuff in, in uh, you know, fast breaks off of defensive rebounds or steals or blocks or whatever, all the stuff he does defensively, because he's been he's been pretty impressive on that end, too. So, so like, that's why I'm like, maybe you start Jalen, but I, I could see Quinn, I could see Quinn going back to Hunter and Bay just because of the shooting, like Bay shooting cannot be. Yeah. Hunter, so I mean, it's really about what you prioritize and that's not, yeah. it's not a knock. It's just early in the year. And you know, they also, this is not just a fabrication thing. We've all talked, they really, really like to keep Jalen and Onyeka together. And it's obvious yeah. why they, they play fantastic basketball together. And I, I know what's going to happen. It's already happening. People are going to start turning on Clint. They always do because they want to see Onyeka. And I get it. I, I understand. It's just unfortunate Clint, that he's Clint too good. Clint could simply he's catch the basketball in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. I know. With the season on the line. I understand. And look, I'm not saying dunk. that he, Clint's not Superman. But, like, he's a good he's a good player. Res- you know he's a good respect. player. Respect. Look. Everybody loves Clint, Brad. No, 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 Everybody no, 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 no. I love no, Clint. You, the no, fans no, no, no. love Clint. Everybody <laughs> loves the team. His teammates love Clint. Like everybody loves Clint. I'm just, I'm just like in the fourth quarter of a must-win game. You can't and drop I, that pass. I'm sorry. I agree. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I agree. So I said it that night. Now, and I, I do think that. No, you didn't. You gave you gave that man an excuse that night. Let, we, no, 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 no. Let's not. Said, let's not. Aud- let's not. Let's not. I said audit, that. Let's not audit it's, game it's a bad play. It was a bad play. Um. <laughs> I do think <laughs> I do think that uh, you're going to see a Kongwu probably close more games this year, if I had to guess, situationally. Um, but and this is a topic that we don't have to go any further down. We all know the deal here. Clint's too good to not start. Clint's too good to not play. They have to trade him, or this is going to be one of this. There are two options with the center spot. They either split 50-50, basically, or 52-48, or you trade Clint. Those are the two options. I don't know which one they're going to do. They when haven't tried to and Jalen are starting game one. Oof, do not at me, Brad. Don't at me. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL or NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, if you're a new customer, you can bet $5 to get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Beyond the awesome perks of signing up with FanDuel, they have all what you're looking for in the sports betting space. Point spreads, over-unders, money lines, player props, future bets, and much more. The app is safe and secure at FanDuel as well. They cover the entire range of sports. They, have, of course, have the NBA, NFL, college football, MLB, WNBA, college basketball, golf, tennis, soccer, auto racing, and much more. And they have a ton of options with regard to the Atlanta Hawks, including the preseason win total that we're all to- always talking about on the podcast. They have Southeast Division futures, player props, and much more. And now is the best possible time to join the folks at FanDuel. 
Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check out the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network with an offer that you will absolutely not want to miss. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I will be shocked if they start a Kongwu, but I would not go crazy about that. I think that that would be aggressive. It would be kind of out of, it would be very much out of the norm of the way NBA business is done. I'll say that. Uh, But listen, if they think that a Kongwu is better, like, okay. That's that's fine. Akongu's been really good. Uh, he looks very. Good. I've I've liked. I've uh, and this is the other thing where we're talking about Jalen about finding his offense. I feel like Akongu's been a lot more confident trying to go score the basketball. Just in large part because he's touching the every the bigs are just touching the basketball more. They're more comfort. They have more. Uh, even Capella. Capella had a dribble drive. No, they're, it, they're, didn't look, they've it, said that. it didn't look out of place. It didn't look I'm out sure of place. You, and I'm, I'm like, sure you saw and read this the article. I'm sure you good. saw and I'm sure you saw and read or heard what Quinn said. I think either I played it or shared the. But Clint was asked about it. Quinn was asked about it. I think this is me saying this now, not the team. I think that Quinn knows that three years from now, it's going to be a Kongwu, and they're starting to put stuff in that looks more like a Kongwu. And they're having Clint do it too, which is fine because he's not—he's not terrible at it. He's not obviously like Clint's not Clint's a lot less skilled than Anyeka. We all know this with the ball in his hands. But, but he's like more he's not skilled than he's agree- been given. The that's what I'm getting at. Like I mean, yeah. even even for Clint, who is not the most skilled guy um, with the ball in his hands, like he's even been probably you could argue underutilized. Like in terms yeah. of like that handoff game, like you know DHOs and fake DHO, all that stuff. They're putting it in more. I think to accentuate on and build that habit long-term, et cetera, but it also can help your offense. Like you, you led with it earlier. You have Jalen in that spot. It's more, um, there's something that Glenn, I think noticed right away. And I've, I've noticed now I'm watching, now I'm watching for it all the time. They don't really ever have anybody in the, in the dunker spot on offense now. Yeah. Like that's where Clint or John just lived for like the last two years, basically was because all, if they played together, one of them was there almost all the time. Occasionally you'd see John in the corner, of course, but if Clint wasn't in the action, he had to be there, basically. Yeah. And now they don't do that anymore. Like they're doing more hybrid stuff. And I'm not an exes and expert can kind of explain it all, but you can sort of see that and how they're using if, guys. And if you watch, yeah. if you watch WNBA basketball, that's how a lot of the teams play in the W with their bigs more out higher up, higher up on the free throw line, catching the ball early, DHO action. It's kind of also what the Kings were doing last year. A lot of that was Sabonis. Like but he, they have and I think, that's, that's the thing. Like that, that's I mean, that's true, but I think we're going to see a lot of teams a lot. And I feel like some, the amount of preseason game I've seen a lot more teams are going to be trying to play that way just because it's more space and your bigs are happy because they get to touch the basketball outside of like obvious. Dunk well, and you, you I, I know we all make fun of Rudy Gobert, including you, but they, they had Rudy do that in Utah. And Rudy, Rudy does not strike you as the most skilled guy in the world either. And he was playing higher up before than Clint's been playing. Like they didn't like run stuff through Rudy, but he was doing handoffs and he was having the ball. He was touching the ball. Like it, the ball has, what's the saying? The ball has energy. energy. Yeah. Or ball has life. Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean that, I think it, it does, it does apply. There's a reason why that's said. So I don't know. It I'm keeps, I mean, it just, to me, it just keeps the bigs, the bigs for the Hawks been working so hard defensively. <laughs> They have to just to get a single stop. And then on the other end, they literally never get to touch the basketball. It's a tough, like it, it turns the regular season into a grind. And it's like, it's very hard to get consistent effort from your bigs that the type of effort that this team in particular needs 
uh, to be good. Like it's just it's yeah. just hard. Like in the anytime, like I, I just macro. Uh, I mean, yeah, macro uh, point. Um, to me, I just feel like from a process standpoint, just in overall, where the Hawks are shooting more threes, they're getting to the rim more, they get into the free throw line more, just because of everything they're doing. Like I think that's going to just help them win games where, like, there were just too many games the last couple of years where the game ended in the first quarter. The game ended in the first quarter because the other team was just taking, like, like what the Pacers did. Like, the, yeah, the Celtics, the Celtics for like the last two years would just show up, play five out, and the Hawks would be done. Because we never, they'd never shoot enough three pointers. They'd never get enough rebounds. Well, you lose, and like, there's a reason why I yell about just the math losing the possession all the time. better. And, and, and I know people hate ball, that. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I know people get annoyed with me because it's a lot of repeating myself. And I understand that it's not the greatest like listen in the world. But like, there's a reason why I have stressed that so much. Like, they just were not playing the math game. And like, over 82 games, you have to play the math game. Like, you just have to. There's a reason why these guys win games. Like, Brett, the the game the Hawks were playing was the possession battle game where get more offensive rebounds, don't and no turnovers, yeah, and no turnovers. And so we just get more. We just get more possessions than the other team. But you, your margin is so thin because the game you have a bad turnover game, or the game you don't get an offensive rebound because the team's like they're not calling offensive defensive fouls on the team, like for whatever reason, and you can't grab offensive rebounds. Or, or if they, or, or if their team makes threes, or if their makes threes one night, you're gonna lose. Like you're, you're just you're cooked. You lose. You're just yeah. and it, the game's over. The game's over, and there's nothing the players can do about it. And like to me, I think to me, like I feel like there's. There's a better. We shouldn't use vibes as often as we do, but like, no, there's, it's, a, be- it's there's a better. There's just a better like, like feel f- to this team, just because it feels like they believe in what the coach is telling them, and because they, they believe in the, what the coach is telling them, they're going to play harder. It's going to lead to a lot less games where we're like, why aren't they playing hard? Why aren't they? Why are they giving up so much easy stuff defensively? Like the, the the stuff that's not excusable. Like there's some stuff like some stuff you just get beat that happens. The the lack of execution defensively, the lack of focus on defense, the lack of focus on offense too. Like it where it's just no, they they had if we could just if they could cut that down, that that'll give them a better margin of error. So when they have when they have the bet like every team's gonna have a bad game. But it but like if your process is sound, like if you if you feel good about what you did that night, like if you feel like we executed, we just didn't make shots. It happens. It's one of 82. We can move yeah. on. We can move forward. Instead of this is the fifth game we lost. We were we're better than this team. How we lose how how we lose to the Houston Rockets, Brad? And you know, you know games yeah. like how 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 do we lose to the X team when we were we were actually actively better, except at this one area, the three-point line, and we lose. Like we got more rebounds, we make more field goals, all this other stuff, no turnovers, and we still lose. Like, what's going on? You know, if we get, if, if to me, just it's just more of like a, it's more of a good culture in the sense that the players now will feel confident in what they're. It's what fine. Actually, do yeah, yeah. It's it's they're they're um, and look, I I want to be careful not to overstate it too because. Once you start losing, things change. Like it's it's everybody's got better vibes than training camp. It is what it is. But I do think that there is a level of buy-in that we can see so far on the outside. Um, 
you know, I pay close attention to this for obvious reasons because I cover the team all the time. But like, even the way they, the, the way guys are saying things um, is different. Like the quotes people are giving are are different. Um, especially the 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 backcourt, the leaders, Trey and Ajante. Akongu's talking, Brett. Akongu's oh, talking. Akongu and Jalen. I'm, I'm hearing his part. Just I'm hearing both of their personality for the first yeah, time. Akongu and Jalen are just maturing. In every way. Yeah, I mean, you can see true. it. And they are, um, they're also getting older, but I feel they're like getting older, confident. which is natural, but like, yeah, yeah, they're both, I mean, and they have personalities like Jalen and Kongwu. Jalen, I mean, Jalen's rookie year, that first summer league, you couldn't get six words out of the guy. And I'm standing right in front of him. And like, you know, and I get it. He had a, he had a weird college season. He probably had his guard up. I get all that. Like it, it is what it is. But like now he's up there on media day and post game after the, after the game on Thursday, last week at home. And he's just smile. I mean, he played really well, which probably helped. But like, he's just he's gregarious now. And O yeah. and and O's up there just like talking like a seven year vet. And because I mean, he is a four. It's his fourth season. Like, I guess he's just you know he's still really young. These guys are really young, but they're all comfortable. And I think that's something that you don't want to give it all to Quinn and the coaching change. But I do think that they know now, and that's one of the things that we talked about last year. Like, we got to wait till they have a, a summer and a camp, and like. Quinn, I'm glad Quinn said it on media day when he was basically like, we put in, we, we didn't put in anything last year. He kind of, and it was like a weird quote, but it also was like, it's kind of, it's kind of true. Like he coached what he he did, what he could do last year. He praised the assistants that were there with him, but now he's got his guys and his system and time to put it in and they're all buying in. And look, if they start two and seven, are they going to be bought in? I don't know. That's, that's one of the great questions about the NBA, but like right now the vibes are really good, man. Like they're, they're feeling good. They trust Quinn. And I think it helped. I think it helped a lot to know, especially for guys like Trey in particular and DJ, to know that, hey, your head coach, and I know Nate has the same kind of track record and all that stuff. But like when Trey got the the uh, the almighty sign off from, from Donovan Mitchell that was like, this guy made my career, basically. Like that that stuff that stuff helps, man. Trae they they, just, they had, just saw you. Here's the thing Trey Young's got buy has buy-in. That's if he and if he buys Trae Young in, has buy-in, that's huge. Trey Young has buying and he has proof of concept because right. he, he saw it work against the Celtics. He saw it work. They could have beat that Celtics team. They felt like at the end of game five and game six that they could win the game. They were in the that's game. not something they felt like in games one and two. Period. Yeah, they, they, did, the they felt like they felt like they were gonna get steam. Or, or like to me, just based on how the how the game flow went, like after a certain while, they kind of just folded. Game five without DeJounte Murray, Trey Young has one of the better playoff games of his career. I mean, granted, he's had a lot of great playoff games, but that was truly special what he did there. And then game six, it was a, it was a continuation. And and I think they all, as a team, the players all looked around and were like, this works. This works. Um, you know, shooting more threes, not being scared to get my shot blocked from the three-point line, which is, an, I think Quinn talked – um, uh, Bob Rathman had an interesting quote about that, about how Quinn wants his guys just to shoot threes and not be scared of a contest because most shots don't get blocked from the three-point line. Granted, the second Bob said that, uh, Kobe Bufkin had his three-pointers. He had a three-pointer well, block. And I mentioned so, on, on the podcast that night because I'd, I'd seen the same thing yeah, Bob you saw said earlier that. in the yeah. day. And I was like, and I didn't even, I was, I was at the game, so I didn't even hear the broadcast until after. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was so funny. Like, all that is very amusing, but it's true. Like he wants guys to just like, it's like, you're not, trying to, you're not trying to ignore your opponent, but it, it, the whole culture of just like, Hey guys, we, I'm going to be more mad at you if you don't shoot it. 
than if you do yeah. it's and get it blocked or miss it or whatever. Like he just wants everybody to let it fly and play loose. And um, the unselfishness word gets thrown around a lot. Quinn uses it a lot. Like he, he talks about being unselfish a lot. And like, it's not like coded. Like it just means playing the way you're supposed to play, like not caring about your own numbers and all that stuff. And like extra passes and all that. Um, but no, I, I, to wrap up their, like the vibe segment, like they, they just, they feel like they are bought in. And I think that there's a reason to be, I mean, it's kind of weird for a team that was as mid as they were last year. We could just be candid. They were very mid last year. And they're bringing the same better crew back. Miami Heat, though. They were they better were, than Miami Heat. They had a better uh, point differential than the Heat last year. Anyway, that we can leave it there for now. But it is what it is. Okay, I have to ask you, before we lose all our time, because you, you and I talk and we lose all our time, about like... We're, we're talking like Quinn Snyder right now. Sorry, that's bro. true. Uh, Quinn, Quinn likes to talk in, uh, in certain platitudes. No, I, I'm enjoying the Quinn Snyder experience. It's just funny. We, we've already had a couple, like laughs together about like uh and he'll come off the podium after something he'll like he'll fist bump somebody or he'll, be, he'll, he'll, or he'll actually he'll give you a better answer once he's off the podium that you can't share like once you step down it's like kind of it's kind of off the record not really but it's like not quite as on the record is it arcia off the record or no not that i'm not you know i'm not doing that all right that is all for part one with myself and tyler jones we have part two available right now in your same podcast feed so go ahead and click on that one as well download listen to that show please subscribe to the podcast check out tyler's work on the twitter machine if you'd like to subscribe rate review all that fun stuff and we'll see you all next time